Hey, we're going to be in Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew 24, verse 10. Um, But before we get going, uh, I just want to give you a bit of background. So if you've been here for the past two weeks, you know that we have been doing a series of discussions entitled Love Lies. If you were here for the first week of Love Lies, that was interesting. And uh, last week, Katie Copeland brought it down and we talked about, come on. And we talked about community and and the importance of community. But really, the whole purpose of this uh, series of discussions is to talk about relationship and love. You know, it's February. Uh, But more than that, also talk about the lies that we have believed and the things that can hurt our relationships. And so tonight, we're going to continue this discussion. I want to title tonight's message, I'm not picking that up. I'm not picking that up. Matthew 24, did you find it? Verse 10, this is Jesus speaking, and he says this, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Anyone love uh, the 4th of July? Like anyone like proud Americans in here? Yeah, proud Americans. I love 4th of July. I love fireworks. I love like hot dogs and hamburgers. I love being an American, and I just love everything about Fourth of July. In fact, many years ago, uh, when I was in high school, many years ago now, um, me and my friends went to a friend's ranch and, uh, for Independence Day, and we decided to uh, shoot off fireworks. But if you're a group of guys, like you don't shoot off sparklers, you don't have sparklers, you don't have like black cuts, like no, that's not good enough. We had like cannons and missiles and like mortars and rockets and stuff like stuff that could easily kill teenage boys. Like that's what we bought. And uh, we go out to his ranch and uh, you know, at the end of the night, you save the best fireworks for last. So we had like these, oh, that's great. But at the end of the night, we had these epic cannons going off. You know, they go off and they just look like freedom in the air. Do you know those, what I'm talking about? And so those were going off like one at a time. But the last one doesn't go off. And being the intelligent <laughs> high school boys that we were, a friend says, hey, you, hey, Brayden, go check it out. And I'm like, are you outside of your mind right now? I'm not going to go check it out alone. Come on, guys, let's go. I'll check it out. So literally, me and this group of friends, we're, this is a bomb at this point. Like, we have no idea what's about to happen. We're like, we're going to go check it out. And so we go and we approach this thing, but we, we're not that dumb. And so we get kind of close enough to where we can see what's going on, but far enough away. And finally, one of the, another friend's like, Brayden, go, go pick it up. Go get it. And I'm like, I look at him like, absolutely not. And I tell him this. I tell him, I am not picking it up. I'm just not going to pick it up. I'm not picking it up, guys. And so one of my friends who's way braver than me or dumber than me, whichever one you want to say, he like bursts out of the crowd. He's like, I got it. And so he like goes up to this bomb. Like at this point, he picks it up. And as he's walking back to it, it explodes. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't explode. Like nothing happens. That was anticlimactic. I'm sorry. Nothing happens. He's fine. It, the, the thing turns out to be a total dud. But it hit me at this point. It's how often do we pick up things that might hurt us? I'm not talking about just physically. I think how often do we pick up emotional baggage that we know that might hurt us that we 
have no business picking up? How often do we pick up relationships that we have no business picking up? How often do we pick up habits that we know might be bad for us, but everybody else is doing it? How often do we pick up things that might actually hurt us. And then Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 24, and he's talking about about a particular characteristic that I think we pick up pretty often. And that's offense. You see, it's 2019. Like, everybody offended these days, right? Like, everybody, there's nobody in this room that is exempt from being offended. If you drove here, there was probably someone cut you off and you got offended. Someone sat in the seat that you wanted to sit in, you got offended. Uh, Somebody didn't text you back and left you on red, you were probably offended. Someone unintentionally ignored you at school, you probably got offended. So you can get offended by literally anything. It's so easy to get offended and we don't even understand how often we pick up offense. But I'm here to tell you tonight that offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. Matthew 24, 10, Jesus is saying, in the last days before I come back, so the context is Jesus is speaking about the kingdom coming to earth, and he says, the last thing, before I come back, people will become offended and hate each other. But what's interesting is the word that Jesus uses for offended. How many of you know that the Bible was not written in English. And you know that? That should blow someone's mind. It wasn't written in English. How many of you knew, a little Bible lesson, Jesus did not speak English. Did this, did I just shock anyone? Uh, Jesus actually spoke Aramaic, uh, in case you didn't know. But how many of you guys know that the New Testament was not written in English? It was actually written in Greek. Uh, there's a whole lot of nerdy history things why that, was, why that happened. Uh, but the New Testament, Matthew, was written in Greek. And so when Jesus says the word offended in Matthew 24, the Greek word used is this word, scandalon. The definition of scandalon is a trap, a device used to capture or imprison someone. So Jesus, hear this, Matthew 24, Jesus is saying people will be offended, but Jesus uses the word scandalon, meaning... Jesus is literally saying that offense that people will feel is a trap. People being offended is a trap. But trap is no good unless it has bait, right? There has to be bait for the trap to work. And guys, the enemy knows how to bait you into offense. Like he knows what will push your buttons. He knows what will get you all riled up. He knows what will get you all triggered. Like he knows what it takes to make you want to hit back. Like if I was the enemy, I would make sure it was top priority to make sure you were offended because when we are offended with one another, we begin to fight with each other instead of fighting for each other. But when it comes to following Jesus, you have to understand we need each other. We have to do it together. But when we become offended at people, we will abandon people. Because look at what will happen. Jesus says, back at 24, 10, Jesus says that because of the trap of offense, people will betray one another and will hate one another. You want to know the most dangerous thing about offense? Offense will build offense around you. Offense will build offense around, meaning offense will isolate you. Offense will build a wall between you and God's people. Uh, 
it shuts you off to meaningful relationships. It shuts you off to meaningful and genuine conversations because you're too worried about what hurt your feelings. Offense will build hate in your heart. It will build resentment in your heart. And you begin to shut people off and you say stuff like, I'm never trusting anyone again. Or you'll, you'll start shutting people off. You'll say like, I don't need nobody in my life. I got me. That's all. And like, you'll say stuff like, all I need in this world is me, myself, and I. That's pretty good company. But what you're really saying is, I don't care who God might send into my life because one person hurt me. I'm shutting off God's people from my heart. Offense will isolate you. And though God has designed you for community, offense will destine you for isolation. Offense will destine you for hate. Offense will destine you for resentment. And guys, hear me. Where there is resentment, there can never be reconciliation. Where there is hate, there can never be healing. Where there is offense, there can never be a fulfilled life. Because we were made for God's people. But being offended will isolate you from God's people. Guys, offense is a trap. Offense will isolate you, but you want to know something? Offense is a choice. Being offended is a choice. You are not helpless to the emotion of offense. Did you hear me? You are not helpless. You are not an innocent bystander when it comes to being offended. You have a choice. Like if someone says, like, if someone says something offensive to you online, this may blow your mind, but you can scroll by it and not respond to it. Did you know that you can do that? It's like, oh, that was offensive. Oh, well. Did you know you can do that? Or better yet, you can get off social media. Or hold on, there's this, there's this feature I discovered the other day with the phone. So if you take the phone and you hold this button on the side, watch this. You can just do this right here. You can turn off your phone. I just discovered this feature recently. So, guys, you have a choice. If someone is offending you, you're not an innocent bystander. You can actually do something about it. If someone at school says something that hurts your feelings, guess what you can do? You can choose to walk away. You can choose to not respond. Offense is a choice. See, the spirit of offense will never let you go. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. But more than that, you have to choose to not pick it up in the first place. Guys, when, when being offended shows up at a little package at your door, you don't have to pick it up. But how do you do that, right? How do you not pick up offense. I have a solution for you guys. You ready? Forgive quickly. Colossians 3.13, I want us to look at it. It says, be even-tempered, content with second place, meaning you may not always be first priority. Get over yourself. Be even-tempered, content with second place, and listen to this. Be quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and as completely as Jesus forgave you. You don't want to know what offense is? 
Offense is simply the byproduct, the immediate byproduct of unforgiveness. The other night, um, I was at my house, and Manny goes to bed way early, and so I'm up, like, doing who knows what. And so um, I was at, on my couch doing work. I even know how this happened, but I got a paper cut. Have you had a paper cut before? I got a paper cut. And here's the deal with paper cuts. It's so tiny, but it will literally ruin your life. Have you ever discovered that? Like, no matter where the paper cut is, it's like, how could something that tiny affect everything about me? I couldn't sleep because of a paper cut. And Mandy knows I'm a, I'm a wimp, but paper cuts hurt. But I kept thinking, how is it possible that something so small can affect me so much? How is it possible that something so minute can affect everything about me? And then it hit me that offense can be the same way. That offense, no matter how big or how small, can affect everything about you. Offense will affect everything. If you don't handle offense quickly, though it can be small, will affect everything. And offense can turn into anger. Undealt with offense can turn into bitterness. Undealt with offense can turn into resentment. Undealt with offense can turn into hate. Isn't it interesting how we can love Jesus and be so thankful for how much he forgave us, but then turn around and be unwilling to forgive someone else? Isn't it interesting how we can do that? Do you know how that happens? When we pick up offense. We're unwilling to forgive people when we allow offense to take over our heart. You want to know the best time to deal with offense? Right away. Colossians 3 says to do it quickly. Forgive quickly. Here's another challenging thing. Uh, forgive before the person apologizes. Like, that's not, like, for me, when Mandy and I get into an argument, like, oh, I'll forgive you after you say you're sorry. But I'm here to tell you tonight that that is not how it works. Forgive before the apology. I told a story a couple weeks ago about uh, a job I had in Dallas. I was a worship pastor, and I got fired in a pretty traumatic way. And... um, I was super upset for a long time. I was bitter. I was angry. I mean, these are pastors who said, you're, not, you're no longer welcome here. And I was really upset, and it affected everything. I mean, I couldn't go to sleep because I was so angry. Every waking moment was like, I hope that, like, literally, this is terrible. We'll probably cut the live stream. But I was literally like, I hope that church burns down. Like, that's how angry I was at this place. That's bad. <laughs> Please don't wish this church burns down. I need a job. But I just remember being so angry and offended and hurt at these people who wronged me. Our entire marriage was affected. We weren't happy. Nothing was like nothing was going right. And I was like, God, why can't you do something? Why don't you do something? They wronged me. They wronged me and my wife. And I was just, where's the justice? How can they get away with this? And then I realized... Forgiveness is not about justice. Forgiveness is about freedom. See, so many of us want to pick up and hold on to offense. So many of us want to pick up and hold on to unforgiveness. But when you do that, you're the one caught in the trap. See, unforgiveness doesn't hurt the other person. It hurts you. 
You're the one caught in bondage. They're not. You're the one staying up awake at night, unable to sleep because you're so angry. Not them. You're the one who spends every waking moment plotting revenge. What a waste of time. You see, being offended is not a feeling. It is a prison. And the only key for freedom is forgiveness. We have to forgive even before there's an apology. Because we have to do it right then and there. Martin Luther King Jr. has an amazing quote and it says this, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. Forgiveness is not just an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. I wish I could stand here right now saying I have totally nailed this. I wish that my attitude was of constant forgiveness. I want to be someone who is quick to forgive. But what's our excuse? Like, how can we be quick to forgive? I can't be quick to forgive. Oh, you can't? Well, you're quick to be offended. You're quick to gossip. You're quick to resent people. You're quick to judge people. Why don't you take all of that energy and turn it around and use it to be quick to forgive? We should be people who are bursting with forgiveness. Why? Because of Jesus. Colossians 3 tells us we need to be quick to forgive and forgive completely because that's exactly how Jesus forgave you. Jesus has forgiven you of all of your wrongdoing, not partially, not based on how many Bible verses you read this week, not how many times you came to church. No, Jesus has forgiven you completely and it is a free and total gift. His mercies are new every morning, but some of you wake up every morning still feeling bitter. Some of you, uh, you have to understand, Jesus has not kept a record of your wrongs. But some of you, like someone wronged you like four years ago, and you know the exact date, and you know the exact time, you know which words they use. You have kept a record and a diary of all the ways they have hurt you and offended you. And oh my God, did you know that Jesus does not keep a record of your wrongs? So why are we doing it to other people? We need to be people who are bursting with forgiveness. We need to be quick to forgive. Guys, there will be traps of offense everywhere you go. Online, someone's going to get offended. At school, oh, he cut in front of me, so I'm offended. Oh, he, he said my name wrong, so I'm offended. Like, people will get offended at literally anything, but wouldn't it be amazing wouldn't it be amazing if we were people who looked at a fence and said, I'm not picking that up. When people, when someone sets the trap of a fence and lies to you, how amazing would it be to say the response, I'm not picking that up and I forgive you. When someone disappoints you, I'm not picking that up and I forgive you. When someone totally goes behind your back and stabs you, talks about you, how amazing would it be to respond, I'm not going to pick up that offense, and I forgive you. When someone talks about your mama, I'm not going to pick up that offense. Watch your mouth, but I forgive you. When someone says, when someone says, you're not good enough, I'm not going to pick that up, and I forgive you. What would happen if that became our attitude? Call me crazy, but I think our schools would change. 
call me crazy, I think our homes might change. If forgiveness became our attitude, call me crazy, but our city might even change. But it has to start with a decision. I am not going to allow offense to dictate my life. I'm going to overflow with forgiveness because that's exactly what Jesus looks like. Now I get it with these type of conversations. It can be difficult because there are people in this room who have been genuinely wronged. There are people in this room who have had stuff done to them that they never should have had done to them. I completely understand. There are genuine hurts in this room. And can I just tell you tonight that it's okay. It's okay to have genuine hurts and pains in your life. But can I also tell you that offense is a trap? Offense will destroy you. Guys, my hope for us is that we would be people, be us some North Summit, we would be people who when life throws the most offensive things our way, my hope for us is that we would stare at that offense. We would look in its ugly face and we would say, I'm not going to pick that up. And I forgive you. There are some friendships in this room that have been broken because you have refused to forgive them. There are some relationships that have yet to be restored because you have refused to forgive that person. There are genuine hurts and pains that are in this room that have been undealt with for too long and it's because you have yet to seek forgiveness with that person, even if it was their fault. You know, the craziest thing about this whole thing with that church back in Dallas is there was a moment when the Lord spoke to me because I was so, I wish you could understand, I'm, I'm a nice person, but I was so angry. I was so angry at these people and just wishing the most harmful things that a Christian would ever wish on someone. And I remember a distinct moment when the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brayden, I've already forgiven them about it. Why haven't you? Excuse me, what did you say, Jesus? He said, I've already forgiven them for hurting you because they're my child too. Why can't you forgive them? But they never said, I'm sorry. Forgiveness is not about justice. Forgiveness is not about, I'm sorry. Forgiveness is all about freedom. Freedom from your hurt. Freedom from your pain. Unforgiveness doesn't hurt them. They're sleeping well at night, but you're at home arguing with your wife. Who's unforgiveness really hurting? And so many of us are operating our lives that way. I'm going to wait until they say sorry. But I'm telling you tonight, freedom is found in forgiveness and it starts right now. Not waiting until they come crawling at your feet. I'm sorry. No, it starts right now. We will be people who look at hurts and pains and offenses. We will be people who stare at that person who hurt us. And we'll say, you hurt me good, but I forgive you. 
we will be people who forgive even the ones who don't seem like they deserve it. Do you know why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did to you. An undeserved gift of life and mercy and forgiveness he has offered you even while you were an enemy of God, Jesus has offered it to you. So my hope for you guys in this room Drop the chains. Drop the bondage. Let's enter into forgiveness tonight. Let's be able to look at that offensive situation. Let's begin to be able to look at that offensive person and say, I'm not going to pick it up anymore. And I forgive you. Let's pray.